Welcome back, everybody, to the Nothing But Bull podcast. I'm your host, Derek, and as always, I'm here with my main Justin. Justin, what's going on? Nothing much, but I think the story of the day, as I was talking to you off of the the microphone, is do your job. (laughs) And the Bulls have been doing their job (laughs) because (laughs) they're sitting right now tied with the Heat and the Wizards for the best record in the Eastern Conference at 7-3. and three. Yeah, um, I'm going to go out on the limb and say that, not from our standpoint, but I don't think anybody expected the Wizards to start off as well as they have. No. <laughs> and there's been a couple of teams, um, primarily in the East, which is even funnier, that have been starting off really good. Um, some teams that I had put down earlier in the year or before the year started, like uh, Cavaliers are off to a pretty good start. Mind you, this is a lot of this is without Laurie marketing. So we'll see what happens when he comes back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is a good start. And um, the Knicks are off to a good start, which is always good for us because you know how much we love a good Bulls Knicks rivalry. Like, dude, we're not even two minutes into the podcast and you're already hitting shots at Lauren. <laughs> it's so easy. That's why I could take those shots. It's just so easy. Oh, man. But I, I definitely did not expect the Wizards to have the start. That would be the team that I think is going to won't be able to sustain it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how they're doing what it is that they're doing, but they are wizards, so <laughs> um, they're able to conjure up magical things like that. I guess, <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't see a team that relies fully on Kyle Kuzma for anything, um, living up to these standards that they kind of set at the beginning. And plus, I don't know how much you can count on Spencer Dinwiddie's health. Like, I think Spencer Dinwiddie is a good player, but I don't know how much you can depend on his health. I think he's been hurt. Like, I know he's hurt this year, got hurt um, last year, and he's had some injury concerns in the past. So we'll see how far that that goes. Yeah, but um, other than that uh... – I'm I'm kind of surprised that Brooklyn is in the seventh spot right now, even though we did just beat them. Yes. Um, well, this goes back to what I was saying earlier with doing your job. I know a lot of writers and everything, they were looking at Brooklyn and thinking, well, they pretty much went toe-to-toe with and- you know, they did that without really having the services of Kyrie Irving and um, Harden was was coming back from injury. So everybody just thought, hey, if we put this team together and run them out with the same players, uh, plus or minus a few here, we'll be fine. The problem is watching that team last year 
as also with watching that team this year. They got scores on their team. Everybody knows that they can score. They don't have any many defenders. And they don't really have anybody who's going to, um, you know, challenge people once they get into the lane. Like their biggest shot blocker really right now is Kevin Durant. And yes, he can provide some shot blocking for them, but that's not really his bag. Like you don't want to rely on Kevin Durant having to do that while he's pretty much carrying this team and having to do everything. Like as far as points, rebounds, I don't know where they are with assists, but he's probably number two on assist on that team. Um, Shot blocking should not be something that he has to add to his responsibilities on that team, but they don't have a lot of defenders on that team. And um, there's no real post presence outside of just having Durant. And there's no real bigs there who are, who are providing any intimidation once guys get to the rim. So when you couple that with the fact um, that they don't have the defense, the fact with the rule changes that everybody had been talking about were going to go into effect, and you know that your second best player relies on those rule changes to, in order – or that the rules that were in place in order to be effective, in order to get his points, um, get to the free throw line at a high rate, and you know just kind of keep other teams off balance because you're having to guard James Harden all over the court, and he's you know wrapping his arms around guys and you know doing all types of tricks that they've allowed him to do for the past five six years or whatever. Um, and you have those rule changes that are in place now, anybody should have seen that there was going to be somewhat of a drop-off for that team, especially a team that doesn't have the services of Kyrie Irving. You know, I expect Brooklyn to be decent, but as far as them, like, going far and like I really didn't see it happening. Yeah. We go back to the game against us. Um Harden had 14 points on four of them. And that's like very n- not what we expect from James Harden based on years past when those rules were in place that favored him. But now that that rule has changed, he he really wasn't that effective even though he finished with 14, 5, and 8. It, it just seemed like he was a non-factor and so Kevin Durant trying to do everything and the Bulls just outscored the Nets 42 to 17 in the fourth quarter because you really only had one player out there for the Nets and that was Durant. Well, they had also LaMarcus Aldridge. Like he was giving them some good minutes off the bench. Yeah, like it went in the first half. Yeah, the first half, but you know. Um, he was a negative the, five plus minus for the game. Yeah, but you know the thing with um, that that with like once these rule changes are ha- like are now in place, you're getting a chance to see just how blatant it is that he was like pretty much fouling guys and making it seem like he was the one getting fouled. Like it, it is ridiculous now seeing. What he what he actually has been doing with his game and like I'm I'm starting to wonder is this going to alter 
the way people kind of think about James Harden now versus what he was doing in the past? Because right now, um, can jack up shots. Like the passing ability is still there, but I don't. I don't know if he's taking a Westbrook pill or or what is going on. But he's not. His his passing it hasn't even been that effective. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it. it <laughs> Him not being able to get those fouls and get to the line has really like affected his whole style of play. And until when he got a foul called on him in the game against us, he he had a little celebration like I finally got a call. Yeah, <laughs> it's like in years past you would never see him celebrating just because he got a foul call. <laughs> so it kind of tells the story in itself. Yeah, that and the fact that when you see a guy like that and he's struggling to get to the rim, because before, you know, James Harden was fairly explosive from what we saw with his days in Houston. You know, it wasn't just, oh, he's getting fouled on the perimeter. Like, he could get to the rim. I don't see from him since he joined um, the Nets. And you know, I don't know if it's something with him not being in shape. I mean, last year we know that he wasn't in shape because um, of that. I mean, it looked like he had a fat suit on last year for most of the year. <laughs> um, but you see, like there's weight that he's, you know, dropped off, but he doesn't look like that same player who's able to get to the rim at will, let alone being able to get foul calls for him. So, um, they got a lot more questions than they have answers on that team right now, especially coupled with the fact of a big issue. You don't know when you're going to get Kyrie back. You don't know really what kind of shape he's in. Especially when they go on these road trips. So this is a good year for the Bulls to be positioned the way they are. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they are going to get Kyrie back because the mayor once again said that he would have to be vaccinated in order to play for the Nets. And, of course, Kyrie does not want to get vaccinated. So I don't think we're going to see Kyrie. I don't know if it's necessarily he doesn't just want to get vaccinated. Once you go out on the limb and you make the comments that he has made or hasn't made because – Let's face it, when he doesn't say stuff, that a, a lot of that is more, you know, more um, deafening than him actually saying something. So it it's, this is going to be an interesting year for teams like the Nets, teams like the Lakers who made these moves, these – blockbuster additions that they thought were going to pan out and they're not they're just not happening right now right man they were playing checkers and the bulls are playing chess yeah because <laughs> you see uh we we got alex caruso and you know he he gave the lakers a chance to match with the bulls offered them and he said hey i'll take a little bit less they still passed and he's top three in the league in steals right now, and he's playing in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, when you couple that with um, – um, which kind of, like, goes back to what I was I, – I, 
sometimes I listen to like the national broadcast and they've been talking about the Bulls more now, but um, the, get the uh, year started, you have people who are questioning these moves that were making, like paying a guy like Caruso. And then in the same breath, I would hear those same um, uh, announcers. They were like, oh, uh, well, what kind of defense are they going to have? And I'm thinking to myself, okay, how lazy can you be? Because the Bulls were like 12th in defense last year. Guys who weren't really that good on defense. So you're going to add in Lonzo Ball. You're going to add in Caruso, who are more than capable defenders in the league. Some of the top defenders. When try to throw this this question out there and be so nonchalant about, oh, what kind of defense are they supposed to have? You know, I listen to that stuff and I'm just like, I cannot believe some of these people get paid. (laughs) Analyze what it uh, is that's going on around the NBA. It's just mind boggling to me sometimes. Yeah. Because we have the fifth best defense in the league. Yes. (laughs) I mean, these are all, said DeMar DeRozan was the worst free agent signing in this offseason and the Bulls have the best <coughs> duel in Zach and DeMar and DeMar's like what the fourth leading scorer in the league right now yeah the worst the worst offseason uh, free agent addition even though Markinen got like what 60 million <laughs> <laughs> more shots than Laurie <laughs> Hey, that was the worst addition. And you know the thing that also is annoying to me. Rosen's game. He, I mean, just he has averaged over twenty points per game and been efficient with it throughout his career without having a three-point shot. Right? Yep. So So you're you're adding him to a team where he is going to be able to be surrounded by other guys on that team who are also capable of averaging 20 points per game, maybe even 25. I I know Zach could average 25. He's doing it right now with a bum um, uh, thumb. And we know that Vooch is capable of putting up big-time numbers on a regular basis, even though you wouldn't know it to see him this year. But um, so you're adding that type of guy. You're not forcing him to be the man. You're just, hey, can you, Some shout-ups. Can you get to the rim? That's all we really need you to do. And he just comes out and he's like, oh, okay, I'll do better than that. I'll average close to, what, 27 points per game? 27? You need 30? Hey, I'll get you 30. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I look back at these people and I'm like, you're wondering if his game is going to mesh with what the Bulls have needed. Okay. The Bulls have needed somebody who could score from the post consistently on a regular basis. They've needed somebody who can knock down mid-range shots on a regular basis. They've needed somebody who could get to the rim on a regular basis. Did I not just describe DeMar DeRozan's game? Uh, to a T. On top of that, 
He's yeah, go ahead. Shooting a career had thirty eight percent from three. Yeah. So, like that's 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 not me looking at his stats. That's just me. Hey, let me think about the type of player Demar Derozan has been wherever he's gone in the association. Not just knowing his numbers off the top of my head. Hey, you've seen what kind of game does he offer for this Bulls team? If I'm able to do that with my limited knowledge of DeRozan, because I'll admit I have not seen the majority of games that DeRozan has played in, but I've seen enough of them to know what it is that he's going to bring to the table. If I can do that and other people who are paid to watch these NBA games don't understand that I don't really I don't really know what what they're doing like what is your job what your job is to analyze games and analyze players are you doing that and I think a lot of these guys just aren't mm, they can't be I mean like I said the, what the Bulls really needed was somebody who can apply rim pressure DeMar DeRozan hit mid-range shots DeMar DeRozan gets to the free throw line DeMar DeRozan all of that he's averaging 27 points a game fourth leading scorer in the league Zach is still the sixth leading scorer in the league averaging 26 so they're the best scoring duel right now in the NBA and you still got Vooch, who you're hoping is going to start hitting his shots. Yes. He's getting good shots, shots he normally makes. They're just not dropping for whatever reason. But he last game, he, he came on late in the That was him finding his rhythm. And maybe that will continue tonight against the Mavericks. You know, the Mavs don't have anybody down low who could really affect what Vooch is trying to do. So I hope that, like, he continues to to build off of what it is that he is, um, you know, the last game that he had, even though it wasn't that great of a shooting game. But, you know, he started coming in in that second half, and he started actually doing what it is that we know Vooch can do. Um my thing is, is like this should start putting the league on notice because Zach is injured. P. Will, like, we don't know if he's going to come back towards the end of the year or not. Kobe White has yet to play in a game. Vooch is playing like um, third year Wendell. You don't <laughs> know what you're going to get at him for right now. And yet and still, this team is sitting at 7-3. and three. And in some of those games that they lost, I'm like, this team could easily be 9-1. and one. So I think that at some point, because like even Durant said, hey, they got guys on that team that can score with anybody else in the league. They have good defenders. They have guys who are coming off the bench who are providing very solid minutes for them. Um I was um, listening to someone, and they were bringing up the stat that, like, I think Bradley, JPP, PP, um, Derek Jones Jr. Um, like when they're, they're on the, the court together, 
Like their defensive ratings is like plus like 40 something, like which is unheard of, especially seeing as how neither one of them is somebody you're going to be relying on on a consistent basis being like, oh, okay, we can turn to one of these guys. A, a score coming off the bench, at least um, in the short season that we've had so far. But when you have that combination working together with you um, and you're adding Kobe White to that mix, look out, NBA. That's all I'm going to say. Look out. Yeah, they, they, they want to look out soon because um, Kobe's practicing now. And there's a chance that he will play on the Western Conference road trip. When does that start? You know, uh, this starts after this game. So, our next game, I believe, is what Friday, I think. Friday, because they they sent him down to Windy City to play to practice yesterday. Called him right back up. Talked to a reporter earlier, and they asked, "How long would it be before he returns?" And he said, "Real soon." They asked uh, Western Conference road trip soon. He said, hey, maybe. And yeah, it starts Friday. We play Golden State. Yeah. So it's going to take him a couple of games to like really get his footing. But they must have liked what they saw at Windy City to bring him up so soon. Yeah, because Billy already said that they were going to you know, have him practice and they were going to bring him on the road trip. So that's all good signs that he could play maybe uh, we have play Friday then we have a back to back on Sunday and Monday Monday he plays yeah and the thing is it's like when you have like um, P-Will hopefully he comes back in the end and he's going to provide you you know something once this team gets you know, if they go for an extended run in the playoffs. But I look at a guy like Ao. Ao, like, I, I can't remember the last player that I've seen who is not a finished product when it comes to scoring. Um, his handle isn't that great. He needs to contact. Um, but the kid is fearless. Like, nothing seems to phase him. I, I don't remember the last time I've seen a player like him or seeing someone like that with that much confidence, even with the fact that his game is nowhere near where it needs, where like we expect it to be, hopefully, if it continues on with that trajectory. Yeah, and, you know, especially in Chicago, because he's from Chicago, so that is, just ignites the crowd, and that helps build confidence, helps build that fearlessness and it helps the bulls push on these runs. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's only going to get better. I mean, but he's what? 19. Yeah. Uh, he's got Mo cheeks uh, on the, uh, coaching staff to work with him. Uh, a solid defender. Yeah, like the kid fights through screens. Like I don't remember seeing like young players of his ilk. Like, like not afraid of the moment. moment. And you know, I don't want to keep going off of these like 
old draft picks that the Bulls have had, but like we've we've already gone through situations with former players, and I've questioned it, and I know a lot of fans have questioned it. I know people who are close to the Bulls organization have questioned it. Hey, do these guys have like the mental toughness to deal with playing and producing on a regular basis? And like he's built for it. We still don't have um, Marco Semenovich. Yeah, uh, he's he's in, he's in the Windy City, like going through uh, his learning curve. I was, was like listening to somebody, and they were like, "Oh, well, look at the draft picks that the Bulls gave up." And I'm just thinking to myself, on this team, where would those draft picks play? Nowhere. <laughs> yeah, nowhere. Like somehow, um, AO, who I guess, you know, everybody was talking about how he was a first round draft pick, but he dropped to the second round. I don't know how. I've never seen a second rounder come in and play the way he has been playing. Um, I'm sure there's cases out there. I just haven't seen it. Um, maybe like if you go back to like, um, um, What's the name of that guard? Uh, Manu Gin- Ginobili. Like Manu came out and he was producing, but Manu, you know, he's played professional for years. So it wasn't like that big of a uh, leap thinking that Manu was going to be good, uh, more than good. He's a great NBA player. But it's been a while since I've seen a young kid who comes from the second round playing on a team that has already – fairly deep as far as it starters and you know the bench goes if you coupled in the fact of um, with white if white was actually on this team already but the kids just coming in producing it's it's great to see definitely um yeah like it said um like marco marco played overseas professionally but you know he's down in the windy city because uh, the Billy doesn't think he's ready, you know, for NBA games. It's not that way with Ayo because Ayo has clearly found his way into the rotation. And I think even with Kobe coming back, he's still going to be in the rotation. Yeah, I think with uh, when it comes to Marco, like he to me looks like a guy that at the very least can give you 10 and 10. Just from an energy standpoint and the the way that he goes about rebounding the ball, he you know he finds a way to create activity, either you know defensively from what we saw uh, from uh, a couple of his clips uh, from the European leagues, transferred over into what we saw during summer league. He's around the basket, trying to build up confidence in his outside shot. We saw. You know, a guy who wasn't afraid to take three-point shots. But I think given his skill set, to me, I'm just projecting, you know, I don't have anything more than what I've seen to go off of. But to me, he's like a guy that could come in and average somewhere between 10 and 8 and 10 and 10. Like, that's those are my thoughts. If he turns into that, that would be a great thing to have on this team. But for right now, you guys, you have other guys who are just more than capable of producing now at the moment. But as as far as the Bulls' future, 
from here on out looks pretty positive. Yeah, I mean, 10 to 10 for a backup at center is great. Um, he dropped uh, like 22 and 10 in the Winning City game, and people were already like, Bring him back up, bring him up. We need him there. We need a backup big. Yeah, like, dude, it's the G League, he's got one game. Yep, but it's still, it's like positive stuff to like see that's what's coming down the line for this Bulls team, which doesn't need it right now. <laughs> that's the funny thing, like. Yes, we would be clamoring for his services if, like, we really needed it at this moment. But it's not. It's it's just, you know, you're looking for someone who can spell um, spell um, uh, Vucevic, and you're looking for someone who can provide just a couple of minutes for the power forward position. I don't think that Marco is like a power forward. He might be able to provide some depth of that position coming to me he's more of a center he's more of like a hustle guy so you know just let him season in the windy in the in the g league so yeah it's good stuff it's like you know listening to what the knowing what this team already has on its roster it's um, a lot of good vibes coming out from from chicago yeah, definitely. I, he's he's definitely not a four, uh-huh. but you know we we have solid backups at the four. Derek Jones Jr. has been solid. Um, Tony Bradley's been solid backing up Vucevic. Uh, you know the the Bulls top five defense. They're a top ten offense. They have the second best five man lineup. In the NBA, that was rated. They came in number two with uh, Vooch, Zach, Demar, Lonzo, and Caruso. And yeah, that's pretty much the lineup that you're going to see close out most games anyway. So, I'm not a big like. I like Javon, and dude just attacks the rim all the time. I don't necessarily know if I like him in the starting lineup, like. Uh, you know, decent numbers for right now. I don't know, like they do, like a switch with um, him and um, Derek Jones Jr. But I just, I like, you know, both of them are athletic as, as you know, as I don't know what, but I don't know. I just, I kind of like um, Derek Jones Jr. and what he's bringing defensively, and um, just a guy who can. I mean, he. I know he's not going to have a consistent three-point You gave him like three three-pointers per game and just kind of let them out there. He could knock down one. Oh, he knocked around one uh, last game, but yeah, I, I kind of thought maybe last game would have been the game that they had um, him start over Javante, but since we're playing the Mavs tonight and we're playing uh they're playing poor Zingas at the four. You might as well let Javante stay out there because, you know, we, we've seen that's how teams play Laurie. They put a guard, smaller guard on him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he couldn't do anything with it. Same thing with poor Zingas. Wait, is poor Zingas back? Yeah, he's back. Okay. Well, looking at whoever is like on Luca, like, 
that's going to be advantage Luca pretty much. Um, yeah, but with Porzingis, uh, I don't know what happened to Porzingis's career. <laughs> I guess like you know, I gave too much traction to the fact that against them, like Lori just seemed to play with no fear for whatever reason, and I didn't really transfer that to the fact of anybody who plays with against Porzingis now really doesn't have any fear. So, um, yeah, Luke, like, Porzingis has really disappointed me. I thought that he was going to be much better than what he was. Like we thought Laurie was going to be much better than he was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it all started with that dunk on Porzingis. Yeah, I, I think that was Porzingis' downfall, and that was our infatuation with Laurie, and then we were later let down. <laughs> but yeah, like, I think Javante can play the four against Porzingis with no problem. Yeah, because Porzingis doesn't really have a a post game that he relies on like he used to when he first came into the league. I, I really don't ever really remember Porzingis being good. I think he was just kind of a best play, the best player that they had on the sorry Knicks team. Yeah, like going back, I can, I guess I can, you know, go along with that statement too. I mean, I just, I remember him. You know, maybe it's because it's New York. And you know how things get played up whenever it's in a big city, especially when that person's playing in New York. I remember him having some pretty good games in a Knicks uniform. But, you know, I also remember Jeremy Lin having some pretty good games. (laughs) That doesn't mean he was good. That doesn't mean he was good at all. Oh, sanity days. <laughs> That's when you could tell, like, the NBA was having some down years when Jeremy Lin was coming in as the talk of the league. They <laughs> were really searching for, for answers during that time period. <laughs> Man, yeah, the, the, those were some things. But we won't go back to that because everything looks bright with the Bulls. Um, were the Bulls going up against the Nets? Because they beat them like they're a redheaded stepchild. But like even <laughs> even Nets, like tonight, I think they're favored by like three. But I think the Nets were favored by like one. Yeah, the net they were like like one point. Well, it's, you know, I'm just looking because, like, it's, I'm I'm very, like, curious. Like, um, I don't do any betting, but I'm always curious as to what our odds are going into the games. And it's, it's interesting watching games now and looking at the fact that the Bulls were our favorite in a lot of these games that they've been playing. Um, it's not that we weren't favorite last year, but it was like, I think all of us were overestimating how good the Bulls could have been last year, but now we have like reason to actually be thankful for that. 
Right. Yeah, and now we have reason to be optimistic, and you know, even when this team gets down, you know, like double digits in some games, we're not having that fear. Like, okay, this game's over. I can go do something else because they're not going to come back. They've come back in like every single game. They may not have finished that comeback completely in a couple of games, but we knew that they would come back. It wasn't, uh, this game's over in the second half. Let me go run to the store or do something else. No, you're watching to the fourth quarter because, you know, there's still a chance that this team can win. Yeah, it's it's um, interesting. Like you were saying, um, you know, even going back to what I thought was like a terrible loss, that game against Philadelphia where you don't have Tobias Harris, you don't have Ben Simmons, um, and they lose the way they did. But, you know, I, I remember watching that game. I was disappointed, but I, I was like, man – if, if this team just played to its averages on a regular basis, like you're looking at a team that's going to win more than 50 games, more than likely. When is the last time we've said that? <laughs> Not for a while. Yeah. Um, currently, with us sitting the 73, are, we're on pace to win 57 games. 57? Yeah. I was just doing that off the top of my head, being the math teacher that I am. <laughs> but, yeah, like it's – I guess for right now, even though I, I, I thought the Bulls were going to be good this year, man, I just – I feel like we've been abused so much. <laughs> this doesn't feel, feel like, like a-, a reality quite yet. <laughs> You know, it, it doesn't feel like it. Like when we're running a fast break, I am still like, I'm still trying to catch my breath because I'm like, oh, they're going to screw it up. They're going to screw it up. No, they're confident. Oh, look, they scored. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's it's still catching me off guard with uh, we have on the team and the talent being put in good situations to be successful. Right. Yeah, I mean, you you can't ask for like a better turnaround of an organization within like a season of the new front office taking over. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because like I'll put it like this: I am constantly having my uh, principals ask me if children who are behavioral problems are, can come into my classroom and just do their work. Like, and I'm talking about kids who like throw things, like throw cheers, like just do all kinds of crazy stuff in a classroom. Just, you know, just tear it up. And, it's funny, the last time that I had a student come in here, which was on Monday, the first time he came in, he came in and he sat or he was about to sit down. But then he looked at me and he said, Mr. Butler, may I sit down? And I said, yes, 
You can sit down in the back. You can start your work. Then he said, Mr. Butler, may I use a pencil? I said, of course. I have pencils up here. You can come up here and use one of my pencils, no problem. Last thing he said was, Mr. Butler, may I use your restroom? Those were the sentences he said in my classroom. I pulled him aside and I said, uh, sir, what are you doing in my classroom? Like, yeah. And like he wanted to like describe like what was going on in the classroom. And the first thing I thought, and I shouldn't be judgmental, but the first thing I thought was, what in the heck is going on in that classroom that a student feels like they can actually do that and get away with it? There's a tone that I expect that teachers, you know, set for the day. Competent teacher. Before you come into this classroom, you should know what the expectations are and you should be striving to meet those expectations because you're a competent teacher. To look at this Bulls organization. And, you know, they looked at this team and they were like, hey, there are guys in here who don't belong. Sorry, you got to get off of our team. There are guys, and not just a team. Like this is not just everybody's looking at the roster, and they're like, "Oh, the roster changed over. The roster flipped over." No, this is like an organizational thing. Many people lost their jobs. I think that that's what people are losing out on. <laughs> Many people were behind what was going on to this Bulls team's demise. Many people, not just a coach, not just players. But you had somebody who was competent, looked at the situation, and they said, not on my watch. <laughs> they got them out of there. It's just about having we have somebody who is competent. We have people who have standards. And this is what you're seeing as a result. Yes. Very refreshing. Um no, is is I say the last time we feel like this is those Derrick Rose teams where we had a real shot at winning the championship. It looks like right now, and no, if they continue how they've been playing, that once again we could be contenders for a championship. And you know, I, you. you weren't out of your mind when you said that at the beginning <laughs> of the year. But I did think, okay, let's just, you know, push on the brakes a little bit. But just in evaluating the teams this year, the way they're performing, I know that sample size, but just looking at the makeup of these teams this year, I don't see any team that is light years ahead of what this Bulls team has put together. Considering Zach's injured, P. Will is injured, Vooch is not himself, and Kobe White hasn't played a game yet. I don't see teams who are like, oh man, if the Bulls went up against them tonight, I don't know if they would be able to hang with them. I see a team that can go up on that court, lace them up with anybody, 
and come out of there with a win. And not just a win, a convincing, like, double. D- exactly what I've said before the season. With how they played in preseason, and I was definitely counting on Vooch being himself, though, but even without that, without him coming along yet, with P. Will going down, those have still been going out and taking care of business. You know, though it was two losses where I feel like had the calls gone a little bit different, we would have won those games. Yeah. That one being against the Knicks with, you know, should have been a flagrant when Mitch Robinson fouled Pete Will and caused him to get hurt. And I think Alonzo should have gotten a clear pass foul. And we, we lost that game by one point. I mean, then that, that Philly game that, the block that they gave Embiid, I, I really think he fouled him because he did get him with the body. But hey, sometimes you no, know, it doesn't go your way. But we were still in those games where you could say, "Hey, we could have won that game." That team didn't prove that they're a better team than us. It was yeah. just their night. And you couple that with the fact that. Refs have necessarily, you know, favored us well, to put it lightly, in these games. Like, calls that I've seen that have not been called. Um, and just, you know, just stuff I'm like, are you watching this game? Like, I know that Zach has been a little iffy with his dribble because of the injury with his thumb. Um, and you know he's not, you know he's not comfortable yet when, with dribbling the ball. We're seeing like turnovers that he doesn't usually make, but there are times where he's going to the basket and he's getting hit, yeah, and and like hit multiple times before he actually even gets his shot off. So I'm like, yeah, I don't. I hope that starts to change. Has to put more wins together. Uh, sadly. I, you know, I don't think that it should have to come to that. As the Bulls put together some more wins, and they'll start getting the respect of the refs too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been times um, where you see his Zach is like he's not getting back on defense like he should because he's half like, dude, I'm I'm getting hammered down here, and it shouldn't have to be like that where he has to stop. Because he feels like, hey, I'm getting hit three or four times. You call nothing. Then down on the other end, somebody gets bumped in the slightest way, and you're sending them to the line. Yeah. There's been a lot of griping going on, but it's like stuff that is within reason of of the gripes. Right. But – you know, hopefully, um, we'll we'll see that change. Uh, then we're in action tonight against the Mavericks before we kick off this Western road trip. Uh, so hopefully, we will be eight and three after the night. Um, you want to give any final thoughts before we get out of here, Justin? 
Uh, just do your job. That's what the Bulls have been doing. <laughs> Guys have been coming in, doing their job. And not just doing their job, but doing it well above what we expect. So, you know, hopefully the Bulls continue on with that trend moving forward. I definitely agree with that. Um, you heard guys, you just do your job. Uh, hopefully, Vucevic has a better night at doing his job as a scorer tonight. Um, I'm, I'm going to say he has a good game tonight. This should be a get get right game for him. All right. You want to uh, tell the people where they can follow you? Um, at he said, and you can follow me on Twitter at Young Jordan. You can follow the podcast at Bull Nothing O T H I N. And yeah, until the next time, go Bulls. Tennis game over. The horn blows. Welcome back, Bulls Nation, to another edition of the Nothing But Bull Podcast. I'm your host, Derek, and as always, I'm here with my main man, Justin. Justin, what's going on? Nothing much, man. Just having this break winding down, um, and I'm not looking forward to going back to work, but at least <laughs> I have these Bulls games to look forward to. You're right. I, I think everybody would uh, echo those statements of not wanting to go back to work, but <laughs> looking forward to some Bulls games. <laughs> And we've had a, a lot of Bulls games this past week. Um, it started yeah, with Snickers hate us. Yeah, <laughs> uh, started with coming off of a ten-game road trip to play in New York, which we were able to pull that one out. But then the next night we still had to play Indiana, and that was pretty much a letdown. Uh, seemed like the guys were tired, had no energy. This is good. Schedule makers hate us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the schedule makers hate us. Hate us. The refs hate us. Um, <laughs> I don't know why the Bulls would have to play Orlando uh, last night. Back around, fly back to Chicago to play another Florida team. Like, what sense does that make? If you're in Florida, like Orlando to Miami is probably, I want to say, maybe a five-hour trip. But to, ha- to make them fly back to Chicago to play Miami is just just kind of ridiculous. Yeah, that that makes absolutely no sense to me. I thought, you know, it would be Orlando at Orlando and Miami at Miami or have them both come to Chicago back to back. But not let's play Orlando in Florida and fly back to play Miami in Chicago. That That makes no sense. Yeah, especially when you consider, like, some teams, like, they're talking about them getting into meat of their schedule. I feel like the Bulls have been playing the meat of their schedule since the beginning <laughs> of the year. Like, there's just been no real break, you know, which is why I look at, like, lapses like the Indiana game and that game versus Houston. You know, it's like it is what it is when you consider the fact that this team – has a bunch of injuries that they've had to overcome, plus the um, the craziness of the road trip out west that they had to deal with. So there, there, were, there was bound to be some hiccups along the way. Yeah, um, man, that Houston loss. Man, the, the the people on the Discord were going crazy. Oh, we couldn't beat Houston. We suck and all this. And I'm like, uh, it's a new team. They're still learning. 
there's going to be some growing pains. That was just the growing pain. Yeah, they they still don't have their full complement of starters either, or right. even bench players. I mean, I mean, you think about like what this Bulls team has been without, and what their record is, and how they've competed against like the top teams in the NBA thus far. I, I think the good thing that we all need to be happy about, we all need to be thankful for. Right. I mean, we're currently with 13 and 7, second place in the Eastern Conference. And people were just acting like that one loss was the end of the world. And I still think we would have won that game if they didn't give that crazy offensive foul call against Lonzo Ball. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I wish it was just <laughs> one particular play that you could go to. Um, that describes like you know why that the bulls lost that game like there was just it, it just becomes like a never ending story with the bulls and being able to get foul calls i mean which who were they playing against when like, i think they shot like 30 something free throws was that the new york game um i want to say that was maybe portland Portland? I don't think it was New York. In I thought New York had like a crazy amount of free throws that they were shooting that was keeping them in the game. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I know what you're talking about. I just can't remember which team that was against. Yeah, I feel like that was that game. Let me um. Let me just go back just for a second. But yeah, like it's it's been a never ending story of just and I understand like um um Billy Donovan, he's grown tired of you know, guys complaining about not getting foul calls, but when you're on the out there on the court and you're actually getting hammered as you're going to the line or or trying to get towards going to the line, even off ball. Like it's just amazing to me the amount of calls that this team is not getting. And I realize, you know, the Bulls have kind of come out of nowhere for a lot of people, including the refs. So, like, you can't expect to um, to get calls every single night. But, you know, it's just it's just been crazy the amount of, of times that this team has not gotten calls, even when they're playing at homes, still not getting calls. Right. Um, yeah, so Portland had made 27 of 28 free throws that game. 27 of 28. How many did we shoot? Uh, we shot 20. 16 to 20. There was some game where, like, the free throw disparity was just incredible. I can't think of it right now, but it was like, man, it seems like every single time that, like, that team, like, the, like the team was just getting treated like you know, no, it was the next game originally before, like, um, the Bulls. Oh, the first up. one. What's up? The first Knicks game. I don't know if it was the first Knicks game. I think it was, I thought it was this past Knicks game where, like, until the Bulls actually started pulling away, like, it just seemed like the Knicks just kept going to the line time after time. I mean, it might have been. <laughs> These refs have been ridiculous against us. 
pretty much every game, so it wouldn't surprise me. Because I remember sending you a text out, like, saying, is this the Knicks from, like, the uh, the Ewing Knicks, where they're getting <laughs> all of these uh, fouls called in, on, in their way? I was pretty sure it was the, the Knicks. I don't know. It's just been a kind of a blur with um, what's been going on with this team and really just not getting the respect I think that they should be getting um, as they're going to the line, especially for a guy like Zach uh, Dean, who is, you know, you're just coming off of that Olympic win. He is quick to the basket, very twitchy. Uh, guys have a hard time keeping up with him when he's on, in full attack mode heading towards the rim. So there, there's no reason why Levine's not getting the um, the calls that he deserves. Yeah, I definitely agree. It seems like the only player that can get to the line is uh, DeMar DeRozan. That brought him here. Yeah, but he's been nothing short of terrible. I don't know what anybody else is. But um, that guy's awful. Like, I, I don't understand why we gave him so much money. He's got to be the worst signing in – the history of free agent signing for the Chicago Bulls. But honestly, <laughs> he, he doesn't pass. He's inefficient. Uh, can't shoot. Um, terrible teammate. <laughs> Anything else that people were saying <laughs> after the Bulls? <laughs> before um, he made them eat their words. <laughs> Yeah, DeMar has been a revelation for this team. Um, It's nice, actually, being able to, like, watch Levine just score at ease. um, Barely, like, like his shooting numbers, as far as, like, the amount of field goals he's taking, has dropped a good amount. But the fact that he's still on par with what he was doing from last year with a bum um, hand injury, like, been pretty amazing. It just shows you the impact that that the – that the Rosen signing has had on them thus far. Yeah. Um, I think they're what, um, four and five top 10 scores. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, not to take anything away from what Caruso has been bringing in ball because their defense has just been out of this world. I, I don't know if I've ever seen, um, a team that has defenders that can just cover up so many mistakes and just totally take over a game without really having to score. Like I, it just like, it's, I remember like um, Stacy King, he was talking about, it looked like there were like, like four Caruso's out there. And that's, that's how I feel every single time. <laughs> team is on the floor I feel like they're playing with an extra man yeah um, Alex Russo leads the league in steals currently Uh, (laughs) Alonzo he's I think tied for number six so both of them their defense has been an elite tool that the Bulls have had and that's why we've won so many games yeah um, and Caruso is not shooting the ball very well. It's not like he's been terribly efficient um, scoring from from outside. Um, And even, like, he hasn't been the greatest with initiating the offense recently. But just 
the defense, like his intensity is just off the charts. Um, you know, I, I look at like him and I'm like, it makes me wonder why more players can't not have necessarily his defensive eight instincts, but just be better uh, overall defenders than what they are. Um, Cause I remember my dad, he played, um, played college basketball and uh, was a really good player. And he would always tell me, you know, the same athletic ability that makes you a good score is the same athletic ability that you use playing defense. Like, it's not like in football where you can't ask a center to be a wide receiver. Like, that's that's not going to work. But, um, you know, it's I, I look at a lot of guys out there who have higher skill sets, and I, I often wonder – you guys have the athletic ability. Why why aren't you putting forth more effort? And I remember in the beginning of the year, uh, Caruso said it's really about preparation and uh, attention to detail and effort. And um, it's amazing how their their impact has carried over to other guys. I don't remember at any time over the course of last year or even like in Bulls' recent history where I've seen so many guys who are fighting over screens and being successful at it. I, I always remember, like, guys getting hung up on a screen, especially Kobe. I'm out there fighting over screens, which is something he never did last year. And, and really, like, just going out there and competing, uh, not to say that he didn't do that, but, you know, it's just, just carried over and had – kind of set the tone for this this team so far this year yeah um you know like stacy king has alluded to on the broadcast um nobody wants to be you know singled out as like the the guy that's letting the other team score on them um but you see how lonzo and caruso play defense so the other players are giving their best on defense because they don't want to be that weak link so it's pretty refreshing to see that it really just comes down to effort with defense. And once you get guys that come in and give that effort, it becomes contagious to the rest of the team. Yeah. And you see like now uh, with having, in my opinion, having like a defensive um, minded head coach, because Donovan has been pretty solid working his defensive um strategies even with the, the lackluster effort that was given last year the bulls were pretty good from a defensive stand hard time being able to um, perform the to me like the simplest task of not fouling a three-point shooter um but like you don't see like those little those little things that like winning teams uh don't do as far as from a defensive effort a defensive standpoint, you don't see the Bulls falling into like this malaise or just, you know, losing track of the. They're really uh, buying in uh, to what Donovan, I'm sure, has stressing since he got there. But it's just, you know, having those extra guys out there on the court um, showing that effort makes the coach's words uh, hit a little hit a little harder. Right. And then the Bulls are currently ranked fifth in defense. Um, we're 13 in offense, but I think that came from uh, missing boots for those seven games. 
We're 13th in all. Yeah. That's pretty surprising, you know, because, like, I don't know. To me, like, this Bulls team, like, you know, they've been hammering some teams, but I don't feel like they're anywhere close to being what they can be from an offensive standpoint. Nope. Like I said, I think the dip in um, our offensive rating came from missing Vooch for those seven games. We have Vooch back. Um, Kobe's back now. And he's starting to get back into the groove of we saw him light the magic up, drop 20 on him in, I think, maybe 19 minutes. Yeah, something like that. I don't remember him playing a long time out there. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, DeMar had 23, Zach had 21, Kobe had 20. So I think a lot more nights like that are – going to be in the future for the Bulls this season. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's pretty refreshing when you also look at the standpoint of, you know, uh, P-Will was, like, supposed to be, like, maybe our third, more than likely our third score, you know, or for him to make the leap into being, like, the third most reliable scorer on the team. He's nowhere to be found. We like we'll, we'll probably get him back sometime in um you said like was it March or April? Um February's the earliest. Okay. So we have that to look forward to. Um Zach is not healthy with his hand. Um and it shows whenever he's trying to dribble like it just doesn't fe- seem like he has like a full grasp of like his ball handling and the security keeping um, that dribble alive, even though he hasn't like been overly turnover prone, but um, you know, you can see like he doesn't have like you know his full complement of tools so far. Right. And like you mentioned with uh, Kobe coming back, and you know, people take for granted the dude hasn't played in six months, so like we're just we're only going to see like little tidbits of him moving forward. Um, we shouldn't expect it to come back in a flash, but it'll probably be like another month, maybe a month and a half before he's close to being settled into um, not only like his scoring instincts, but just being settled into the role that he's, he's going to be in. Yeah. And we saw um, Caruso start making some shots the last couple of games and people kind of forget he's been playing through a um, wrist contusion. Since oh, no, since the Lakers game, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, he said that risking two eight in L.A. He missed one game because of it, and but he's playing through it. <laughs> so he started knocking down a couple shots. Yeah, it's just amazing um, that you're you're really getting a chance to see like. With him and Lonzo there, it's like guys on the perimeter just don't have a chance. And even guys uh, who are trying to make their post moves, like you know, we were we were trying, we were just going back to that LA game. Like we remember how um, how it, it just seemed like annoyed uh, Anthony Davis was whenever he was putting the ball on the on the floor. It just seemed like there were people surrounding him, getting on his in his face, getting in his face. And um, we've been able to take away uh, the game of a lot of 
very good um, to great post players. So that's that's encouraging to see. It's not even having an effect, not just having an effect on the perimeter players, but those guys who like to score down low too. Yeah, uh, Anthony Davis so um, irritated that game. He he took an early shower. Get himself toast. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Even though I think he had like a legitimate, because <laughs> he was like trying to get back on the court with, and the shoe was was not on, and like they still kept playing. Even when clearly he wasn't ready to get back on the court just as of yet, but they were like just trying to play on. So it was, um, he might have had a legitimate gripe there, but you know, they were making life pretty difficult for him. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I think he, he just needed to put a shoe on as fast as he could and suck it up because <laughs> our, our players lost their shoes like three times that game and nobody complained. Hey, hold the guys up so I can put my shoe back on. They just ran down the shoe on. Derek, but no sympathy. (laughs) Like, no, because (laughs) it happened to us three times the same game. Nobody complained. Oh, man. That's that's part of superstar treatment, Anthony Davis. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he's been playing like not, not even close to being a superstar. Like I've never been an Anthony Davis fan, really. Um, and I guess I was alone because I I know a lot of people were like when he was a free agent, people wanting him to come to Chicago. But I've always looked at his game and been like, man, if you played in a different era, I don't know how good you would be. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because, like, the great power forwards that have come through the NBA just in the past, what, 15 years? Yeah. So, yeah. But that's neither here nor there. Right. Um, Yeah, we we play the Miami Heat tonight. No, the Miami Heat play us. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. Yep, Miami Heat play us. <laughs> they are coming to Chicago. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. I'm I'm curious to see um how Butler is gonna do um with having ball and Caruso being thrown at him. I think that's gonna be an interesting matchup to watch. Yeah, um I don't know, the Heat play a lot of zone defense. And the Bulls have like struggled against the zone, so it's gonna be interesting to see how Billy is going to adjust to that tonight. Well, I think a lot of people were playing zone with the against the um, Bulls a lot because they didn't have any low post threat in the middle where they could actually attack that zone. Um, and I think this goes back to how important it was for the Bulls to find someone who could solidify that point guard position and being able to recognize what the defense is is trying to match up against them. Um, And, you know, ball has been tremendous with recognizing that and also trying to push the pace Um, because you have that, that a heat team um, they're opportunistic when it comes to defense, but they shoot a lot of threes. And if the Bulls can kind of, like, limit that 
and keep them to taking like highly contested three-point shots, that's going to lead to more opportunities for them to run in the fast break. Yeah, we we, we want to um, kind of keep our buddy, oh, buddy Jimmy Butler out on the, the three-point line where he's not too comfortable. Yeah, keep him out of the post. Um, keep him from getting to a spot. I mean, that's – I mean, it's nice to say those things. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, I, I don't think anybody uh, takes for granted just how good of a player Butler is. And he always gives the, the Bulls um, – some struggles, although they haven't really had defenders like Caruso and Ball in the past. Um, I think it's also going to be interesting to see how they fare up against, dare I say, Duncan Robinson, <laughs> because he always killed us in the past. I don't know why or how that is the case, but he usually puts up pretty good numbers against us. Uh, we're going to see tonight. <laughs> Uh, hopefully, you know, he hopefully he's been on the scouting report now. So, you know, everybody knows, hey, don't let him shoot. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Um, yeah. Hopefully. We'll have to see. I mean, but he, he kills us all the time. I don't know why. I mean, he's slow footed, um, <laughs> not athletic at all. He's not a quick release three point shooter. Um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, uh, the game plan like between him and um, Tyler Hero should be: don't let the tall white guy shoot threes. <laughs> yeah, you see the white guy on the floor, which is funny um, because, like, I've been I because I'm in South Florida, I can uh, watch the Heat play basketball a good amount. And it's interesting when some of the announcers um, mix up Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. <laughs> That's not the dude that you're talking about. <laughs> the other white guy. But, uh, yeah, Hero's been, been falling out of his mind this year. Yeah. So. Hoping this, you know, that's how Kobe comes along where he's like instant offense off the bench, like Tyler Hero's been for the Heat. Yeah, I think as long as you have to make those guys play defense and make them get tired, like that has to be something that the Bulls address. Like whoever is, um, whoever like Robinson is guarding or whoever Hero is guarding, like you have to attack that. Yeah. Um... Who's Duncan Robinson? A small forward? Would he be guarding Damar? He they, plays they, like small forward, like in some power forward in some small ball lineups. It's like they they could definitely run him ragged, <laughs> so he doesn't have any lift on those jumpers. Yeah, definitely attack him, and just keep making him move around. Uh, uh, Thanks. That's there's a good chance of us actually being able to do that. Yep. But even with like as good as the Bulls have been playing, I still see them making some future signings. Like, have you heard anything recently about 
anything like as far as rumors or no I haven't heard anything <laughs> like I know, absolutely like, nothing <laughs> you're gonna hate me for saying this but um there's a guy who's been doing pretty good since his coach got fired. I knew where that was headed. <laughs> Marvin Bagley the third. Yes. Been playing pretty good. I admit he has been playing uh pretty good since you know Luke Walton was let go. And they've been winning, so <laughs> they beat the Lakers in triple overtime last night. Yeah, but I mean, if you can be like the number three uh, team in California, I guess <laughs> something to be said about that. <laughs> Not really, but. <laughs> But, you know, my thing is, like, in the NBA, it's really about, like, either finding talent early in the draft or finding talent that teams have kind of given up on and pouncing while they're on a, a very friendly, cheap contract. Um, and, you know... You could say that, like, the uh, a big part of how this Bulls team has been put together is in following that same, those same thoughts. Like, nobody really was expecting Levine to, to be the player that he is now. Um, or, you know, really with um, – uh, who else? I was thinking of somebody else, but it just – oh, yeah, with Ball, like, you know. They had just pretty much given up on Ball as far as him being like a top level point guard that could could um direct your team. So <laughs> those are just my crazy. <laughs> it's just still crazy. We got Lonzo Ball for um Tomas Stadaransky and Garrett Temple. Yeah, two guys that aren't in the rotation on a terrible Pelicans team. <laughs> That is pretty funny. Like, I think that they should be fined for <laughs> being derelict of duty. Um, like, that shouldn't be – there shouldn't be a fine on the Bulls as far as doing what they did. Like, the Pelicans should be fined on that for just bad management. <laughs> hey, I'm saying you were trying to tank. We know what you were doing. <laughs> fine. Yeah. Yes. That is really what happened. I mean, there's no other explanation, really. I don't even know. Who is, like, the Pelicans' like starting point guard? That is a very good... Like, who did they pick I think his last name is Graham or something like that. Um, Devontae Graham is their point guard? I thought he was a shooting guard. Yeah, I don't think that he's a point guard, but um, I think that that's who is the starting point guard for them, I want to wow. say. <laughs> wow. 
So, yeah, like that the Bulls should be penalized for making smart decisions. Like, I, I don't understand how that works. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I think the league sees this. You got Lonzo Ball for these two bums, so you had to tampered. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. And as we said before, schedule makers hate us because nothing is easy. <laughs> we got Miami tonight. We've got Charlotte on Monday. Uh, ball versus ball. That's going to be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, after that, we have New York again. And then Brooklyn. I'm not as worried about that Brooklyn game as um, I was at the beginning of the year. Um, And I know Brooklyn, like, you know, I know what their record is, but um, that team does not scare me at all. Like, it's just really like, even with having Harden on that team, it's just Duran and a bunch of dudes. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. Like, I just I don't see anything about that team that is really scary. About um, Kyrie Irving, they they're not the same. Everybody was picking to make the finals in the East. Yeah, I mean, no Kyrie Irving. Um, Harden does not look like. He has committed to like fully being in shape. Uh, <laughs> like he, it, it seems like it's a half commitment, but you know he has not been like setting the world on fire with his his recent offensive um, games. Like I haven't been overly impressed by anything that he's done so far this year. I mean, he he's had a couple games, but he's had some games <laughs> against terrible teams. <laughs> Nowhere near the uh, what you expect from James Harden. Yeah, like they play um, Phoenix tonight. And Phoenix from last year, I don't know about this year what their defensive rating is, but I know from last year, Phoenix was one of the, the better defensive teams. It It's going to be interesting to me tonight to see what kind of game um, Harden has um, because, you know, that's one of the teams I remember from last year that when he was on the court, like they did not back down from playing against him. Um, so I, that's going to be kind of curious to watch tonight. Yeah, and the Suns are on a 15 game winning streak. They are? Yeah. Good grief. <laughs> they dropped, I think, their first, oh, they're on a 16 game. They, they dropped their first three and then they won. Every Everything. other game since then, <laughs> yeah, they're sixteen to three, and they haven't had any like legitimate like moves that they've made recently, right? Nope. Well, yeah. <laughs> the Nets have their work cut out for them with that one. Yeah, I think so. But see, like you know, I. Another reason why I'm like, I'm interested to see and what the Bulls do moving forward 
because there, to me, there is not a team that is like hands down the like the legitimate team that is going to win the championship this year. I think this is the year where you you might as well like go all in, um, especially being in the East. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't. I mean, I didn't. I, I thought that Milwaukee had a chance last year. I didn't expect them to win at all. But um, I don't look at Milwaukee like they've they look like they've kind of been depleted recently. And I think if the Bulls were able to make another move, like they'd be able to um, to get a, ahead of a lot of these other teams who uh, people at the beginning of the year said would hands down run away with the championship this year, or or at least um, championship contenders. Right. Um, and this kind of blew my mind the other day. The Golden State Warriors, who like have two losses, their championship has shot up. Same as the Lakers. Nah. <laughs> I'm Not like, right. how? <laughs> how do the Lakers still have this high chance of winning a championship this year? Where did you read that from? There's it, no way that's possible. It, yeah, I mean, I can't believe it. Like, what? You guys still have the Lakers ranked up as one of the teams that are going to win the championship? Okay, so I'm to believe that the Warriors without Clay. Who only lost two games. <laughs> no wise men. Um, and they have another Ford who was like supposed to be like a top rated defensive specialist coming out of college. Like, um, yeah, like he, like all three of those guys who can have a, a pretty good impact on the Warriors' future moving forward, like they have the same chances as LA, who is. They're waiting to get um, what's that? Uh, Trevor Ariza back. Like that's going to be <laughs> the uh, big thing that propels the Lakers' season forward. Like I don't see that as possible. Right. I'm like the two. The Lakers are ten and eleven. Like they're under five hundred. I don't understand. And, like, this. They just lost to Sacramento. Yep. <laughs> Whatever. I don't, I, don't, I don't buy that. I don't know who wrote that. I don't know. that. I don't know. That's crazy. That's just crazy talk. It's absolutely crazy talk. I'm like, well, if the Lakers we should have that same chance then. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, what is that based off of? Like, no. No. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> And you know the thing is I feel bad like I do feel bad for Russell Westbrook because like LeBron and AD are pretty much grandfathered in. Like if their season doesn't work the way they wanted it or where other people thought that it would be, it's going to put be put purely on um Westbrook's shoulders. Like he's going to be the fall guy and everybody's going to be like you're the reason why we didn't accomplish what we wanted to accomplish. When in reality, they're just old and they weren't that good last year. And they were the only team that wanted to be in 
the uh, bubble championship in the first place. So that's that's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was LeBron who brought Westbrook there. Um, everybody said before the season started that that was not a good fit. Um, the Lakers either were going after Buddy Hield or Westbrook, and LeBron chose Westbrook. When in fact, Buddy Hield would have been a much better match. Yeah, like I liked, um, I like some of the signings that they had. Like when they got Kendrick Nunn, um, I was like, because you know I've seen him play in Miami, um, yeah. pretty decent player. But um, yeah, them not getting Buddy Hield when with a team that needs shooting, when you have a bunch of guys who rely on having the ball in their hands and um, being able to pass out of double teams. Like that's been what LeBron has wanted his entire career. It's just, Hey, surround me with shooters or with a, a big man uh, to take the, the load off my pressure, like the load off of me. Like I, I don't understand the whole entire concept of bringing in Westbrook who really flourishes when he has the ball in his hand. And who's not a good shooter. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not going to, like, say anything bad about Westbrook because, like, to me, going back to that one game, and I know this might sound crazy, but going back to that one game where he played with a dent in his head, like, (laughs) that solidified to me that I was always going to love Westbrook, no matter what. (laughs) He played with a dent in his head. (laughs) Yeah, he did. (laughs) No, like, there is no way that you were going to get me to say anything bad about Russell Westbrook. (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying anything bad. It's just facts. He's not a good shooter. No, he's not a good shooter, but he's, like, given the right situation with, like, a team that runs, he could still be effective is what I'm trying to, to say. And he's not having a bad year this year, despite, like, what everybody's been saying, like, still having a pretty good year. Yeah. Like, turnovers have been an issue early on, but not necessarily uh, recently. And his per is still still pretty high. So, I know people don't, like, really look into per, but, like, uh, to me, like, when you're talking about championship-level teams, if you have, like, three guys who are averaging, like, 20 and above with their per, like, you're going to be or at least you should be, um, like, one of the few top teams in the NBA. Right. Let's see. Um, Yeah, we're breaking out the uh, new city jerseys tonight. What do those look like? Uh, The red. The red. They have the old Chicago... Um, cursive across in white, uh, white and black piping on the side, and the championship ears are printed and go towards the bottom of the jersey in the left hand corner. And you said these are new jerseys, yeah. Our, our new city jersey well, mixtape edition for the 75th anniversary is combined. Um, Combining a few elements of past Bulls jerseys, I know the shorts and have the bull and the triangle on the side with pinstripe. Oh, 
I gotta check that out. So you're breaking those out tonight against Miami. Um, the win when we broke out the statement edition jerseys this year. So hopefully we're going to continue that trend of breaking out a jersey and winning that game. Well, yeah, you got to win a game whenever you're breaking out something new, especially <laughs> a jersey. That's why I was like, I was like really upset when they lost that game against the um the um Knicks when they were honoring um Joe um, Noah. <laughs> yeah. Um but you know when we got our win back on the Knicks, uh Joe King was in the building as well as Tony Kukoc. That's true. And it was Joe King Noah Bobblehead night, so <laughs> they made up for it. Yeah. Does anybody give any final thoughts before we get out of here? You got to bring in Bagley. <laughs> I I know, like you 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 think, I'm but crazy, for but what? If the Bulls are able to get him for like little to nothing, having like a big that can come in off the bench and legitimately score, pairing him with like someone like um. White, like that would be to me something that would take them over the, the top. I just want to know what are we going to give up for Bagley? He's a former first round pick, number two overall. They're, they're not going to want to give him away for cheap. That's why they should have made this thing happen a while ago. <laughs> you got to find a way to make it happen. <laughs> I'm speaking it into truth. Like we <laughs> firing garb packs into truth. So <laughs> let's work on that. You and me will start a revolution <laughs> of getting Bagley to the Bulls. Yes, there you go. <laughs> See, the more the better it sounds. <laughs> like I, mean. I do. I, I, I've seen a lot of people say that we should trade for Bagley. No, Nobody really offers up what <laughs> we're going to trade. But they say we should trade for Bagley. Well, let me ask you this. If the Bulls, like the Bulls have an extra first round draft pick if they come off clean from this whole entire um, tampering charge, wouldn't they? Yeah. So... What about that? And a um, player to be gained. You can give up a pick and say a player to be named. <laughs> uh, I mean, who would they want? Maybe Marco? I don't know if they would want Marco. I mean, he's not in the rotation. He's barely gotten in garbage time, and they keep sending him right back down to the G League. I'm not sure they want to take a chance on Marco. A big with upside? Come on. <laughs> this is Maybe. Exactly 
Sacramento would make. <laughs> Speak it into existence. <laughs> Marco and a first round pick <laughs> for Marvin Bagley. I, I just don't know. Come on, if you believe it. <laughs> Again, I'm not even sure if I won Bagley. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey. I, I just don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Last game off the bench, he scored 14 and 7 in like 16 or 17 minutes. Okay, we could use that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially with uh, how Derrick Jones Jr. fouled out in <laughs> 10 minutes. Ten minutes. How did minutes. that even happen? I don't know. I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, And we were playing Orlando of all teams. Like, It's not like he was going up against some top-level talent. Um, I, I, I just remember he, he got that last foul and he's going to the bench. And Stacy's like, oh, he's got four fouls. They got to sit him. And they're like, wait, no. He, he they, they said he fouled out. I'm like, wait, what? What happened? Yeah, I was confused for like three minutes because I was like, I didn't quite hear um, anybody say anything um, besides what Stacy said because like there was there was volume. Like I have like a bootleg way of watching the game, but I can watch all of the games that I want. Um, but I have to watch it like off of my device and, you know, cause I'm poor and I can't afford to buy the lead. The lead pass is like 50% off right now. So anybody who's interested, I can just send it five months. But um, yeah, I was confused. I was like, wait a minute. He said that he had four fouls and then the sound went out, but then I didn't see him come back in the game. I was like, what happened to him? Like, like, oh, he fouled out. <laughs> like, did they like just give him two extra fouls? Because I don't remember him committing six fouls in ten minutes. Neither do I. That's the funny thing. I remember like Caruso. It seemed like Caruso had a bunch of fouls, even though like he ended up with like what four. Yeah. It just seemed like I heard Caruso's name called a good amount throughout the game, but I barely remember hearing. Um, uh, Derek Jones's uh, name called at all, so that's what was like kind of confusing to me. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> do I tell the people where they can? At he said what sports? You can follow me at Young Jordan, and you can follow the podcast's Twitter Bull Nothing N O T H I N O T H I N. And, you know, until the next time, and Justin still tries to convince me we need Marvin Bagley. (laughs) We're going to leave this with Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Got to have them.